a little bit through that time and also how did you you know kind of overcome and say okay this is going to have a different outcome it was a very difficult time yeah. because yeah. that time we didn't know where we were going to be right. uh, that that was a tough time that was a tough time but i realized one thing and when i look back in hindsight i realized one thing you need your family around you um the doctors had put us on the edge we didn't know whether he would make it out of sure. the verdict that had been given to us no matter what you can do it you have to make that choice do you want to just give up or do you want to keep flying only changes your path but also puts you on a path to change the lives of others well today's guest on the smashed bashed yet not dashed podcast is one such person someone who i met a little over 11 and a half years ago and set me on a path that changes everything this is going to be one really special episode because today we have arti coacher with us and arti is someone who inspires and comes to do it every day with consistency so welcome to the smash bash yet not dashed podcast episode number 34 have you ever been knocked down and found it hard to get up have you ever been knocked down and bounced back to come back even stronger hi i'm gorav bhagat and you can call me gb and welcome to the smash bashed yet not dashed podcast a fortnightly podcast where i speak about persistence perseverance and overcoming the odds to come out ahead Arthi great to have you on the podcast thank you so much for taking your time to be here i know you haven't had a single minutes free time in the last few days and it truly means a lot to have you today in the studio it's fantastic to be here gorav it's actually my privilege to be here with you and to be here with your audience so those of you who don't know who arthi is well she is the executive director bni gurgaon regional director bni fridabad on the innovation task force of bni global and also in the founder circle so truly okay a very select few make it you know and achieve all these things So Arthi first up how have you managed to do so much in the BNI world in such a short time Uh I really don't know Gaurav I think things just happen when you put you, you know when you do something you really love you find a way to make it happen and that's what's been happening with me because I really love what I do I love working with people and the doors keep opening Yeah yeah absolutely and I think the the passion and you know everything that you do in bni and you know with the businesses and the business owners it's just so very you know evident and apparent truly someone who moves mountains when it comes to inspiring people right has this always been the case because i know you grew up in in the tea gardens of assam and then there was wellams so talk us through some of those early days and where did you know the synthesis for all the magic really begin well uh, i grew up in assam as you said at the tea gardens of course there were no schools available there and we would have to spend a couple of hours every day in the local bus to get to school and it used to be pretty difficult and i think our parents saw how difficult it was for us and since uh, our families are from schools which went to the dune school and wellams yeah. and that was the tradition for people living in assam right. that's where we were packed off to mm-hmm. so i went into wellams in class 5 and it was a fabulous journey because the grounding that we got Yeah. in that school was yeah. fantastic the friends that we made are friends for life 
Today, mm -hmm. they're still my closest friends, you mm -hmm. know, the ones from school. Yeah. And uh, we had an amazing life. You know, I mean, you've Rinaldi's from the tea garden, so right. you know the kind of lifestyle yeah. that is. Yeah. So we had a lot of interesting experiences. My father was a hardcore nature lover, somebody who took us, uh, we went camping trips every weekend, we were on fishing trips, we used to okay. be out in the wilds all the time. We've had some fabulous kind of uh, experiences, mm -hmm. which I think if I tell people about them, they don't believe that that could be true. So, so uh, that sort of geared us up for, you can do anything you like. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things you'll find for children who grew up in that space, that you can do anything you like, you can achieve it. Right. right? So with that mindset, that's where we were. Of course, uh, that's not where, what my path was after college, got married, had kids. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that was all pretty young in my life. Right. And the strange thing that happened, I must tell you about this. Mm -hmm. um, we shifted back to, we shifted to Gurgaon. Right. Kids were in the, you know, my eldest son was in the ninth. And at that time, he told, turned around and told me, Mom, we're going to grow up and go away. And then what are you going to do with your life? Yeah. You, you know, you're so busy looking after us right now. What are you going to do with your life? And I started thinking, I said, yeah, this is it. I need to get back to doing something. Right. Now, I got married fairly, mm -hmm. you know, close after graduating from college. And at that time, everybody said, you study afterwards, because that was one of my dreams, to go into psychology, do this, do that. And they said, why don't you, you'll do it after marriage, you'll do it after marriage. It doesn't happen, really. No. At no. least at that time, it didn't no. happen. So then I went back into education. I sort of went back into studying, relearning. Fantastic. And I think that's where this, you know, you, you people always ask me, why are you always doing something new, right. learning something yeah. new? That's where it comes yeah. from. Yeah. Because, you know, I, want, I had to re-educate myself. Right. Uh, the world had left me behind at that point. Correct. So that's when I re-educated myself. And I was given a chance by an amazing lady called Valerie Gray. She got me on her team in the talent makers and that's it was another it was literally my life had taken a different turn and that's how it carried on uh, at that time also in our lives we had a very difficult situation a medical situation with Rakesh okay. and uh, it was uh, it was a very difficult time yeah. because yeah. that time we didn't know where we were going to be. Right. Um, the doctors had put us on the edge. We didn't know whether he would make it out of sure. the verdict that had been given to us. And at that point you realize, you know what, your life is in your own hands. You've got to do something about it. My, my kids were small. Mm -hmm. I said, they, they need me. Yeah. And I've got to do something yeah. for them. So that's how the focus went back into really recreating myself. Right. And I think that whole thing about how we were brought up is the foundation for where we are now. Of course, I love that. And, you know, of course, we'll talk about some of those, you know, smashed past moments, uh, so to speak, because I think that's around the time, you know, when we had met as well. Right. And I remember one of the times when you came to Noida and we had our first conversation and Rakesh was still not out of the woods yes. and it was, um, obviously by emotional time and you would always tell me about the fact that you know sometimes we're not sure if you know and how things will work out but 
you know, um, there's of course, you know, someone up there that really looked out oh, for, nice. you know, him and yourself and, and all of us, thankfully, because Rakesh is now a mentor to, again, thousands, you know, within the yes, region yes. and you both create, you know, magic together. But it's a very interesting thing that you mentioned. So, you know, you had your commitment and your priorities towards your children, right? right? And then you also knew that, okay, now there's, you know, a time to step up and do a little, you know, work professionally as well. A lot of not only working women or, you know, new parents, uh, you know, both mothers and fathers, they kind of struggle to get this balance right. What's your advice to, you know, new mothers, uh, you know, couples who've just come together? How can they find this this balance, so to speak? You know, it's a very tough question, frankly. I wouldn't use the uh, term balance. Mm. I don't think you can ever actually balance it. Because then that's a very fine point. Sure. I think you have to find a harmony in what that's you're that. doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You have to find a harmony and be at a point where you're comfortable with it and people around you are also comfortable mm. with it. That balance will always lead to something going up and something going down. Yeah. And that's really tough. And to all, all our young mothers, mm -hmm. I'd say remember... Your children come first. I, I truly, truly believe in that. But it's easy to find harmony in what you do okay. and find that space where they are happy and you're happy. Because if you're happy, your family will be happy around you right. because they get those vibes. So true. If, if you are unhappy, the family, and especially the children, yeah. They pick it up very fast. Mm. So it's important for you to be in that space. Right. So true. And I think as parents, um, there can be nothing better than having brought up, you know, children who are sorted. Um, we've had, you know, friends and of course people we've known who've been just so career focused that they didn't, you know, do just justice to the kids. And well, later in life, it's perhaps had its repercussions. So well done, you know, to both of you on that front for Thank sure. You. Coming back to business owners. Okay, and really getting them, you know, to move the needle. Um, PNS played a big role. We've seen that, of course, you know, in our eleven years of, of being members. What do you see changing, especially in the post-pandemic world? Okay, and what has really the need now become for some of these business owners? You know, things to do that they perhaps had taken for granted. What's what's really changed, you know, in recent times? I think that what the pandemic has shown us is none of us can be alone. Right? You need to have a support system. You need to have somebody who's going to have your back. Yeah. And this kind of network or any network that you have can actually be your safety net. And when it's a safety net for you, no matter how difficult the time is, you know you're the, there's somebody with you. Who's got your back. Right? Yeah. And I think it's really important for everybody to have some network. Whether it's business, whether it's family, whether it's friends, uh, alumni, whatever network it Correct. may be, yeah. keep in touch with them, stay connected, because in this world, it's that network which is going to make a difference. Mm. Yeah, and we've seen you know such amazing stories, uh, even over the course of the last few years. Any that have really stood out for you where you were like, wow, I could never have imagined all those years ago that something like this you know, would ever happen? Well, uh, you remember what happened during the second wave and yeah. how important our little warrior team, as we call them, yeah. the COVID warrior yeah. team, yeah. how important they were and how many people we helped, yeah. right? Yeah. And it was not just members. Right. 
They were coming was, up for everyone. It was anybody, right. whoever yeah. reached out for help was given yeah. help, yeah. right? Uh, you, you all know how much it took. There was, uh, you know, all that oxygen coming in, people so, going crazy, running around at night, making sure that somebody got into the hospital that they needed to. Yeah, yeah. Um, oxygen cylinders were provided to people's homes, whatever it might be. And they knew that when they put that call out for help, yeah. somebody would respond. And I think that is so, so important to know, that when you put that call out, somebody's there for you. Mm. And we've recently had so many of such cases, you know, whether it's immediate family, whether it's a member, whether it's yeah. their friends, yeah. we are still helping people whenever we can and however we can. Right. And of course, our beyond that, I think our members have reached that point because they are in that mindset of giving back right they're also giving back to society in a lot of ways of whether it's going to old age homes whether it's going to children's homes wherever it may be we're yeah. giving back yeah so true and i think it's true when they say okay people might come for the business but then they stay on for the impact they stay on for legacy they stay on for relationships i mean everyone has a different reason why they actually stay on and business while initially it might be up there i think eventually it starts coming down and, you know, for, uh, you know, viewers and listeners to set the context, when I visited BNI for the first time, it was July 2011, uh, it was a small coffee shop at the back of 32nd Milestone, the old 32nd <laughs> Milestone, and uh, there were five or six people in the room, Arati was one of them, and, uh, you know, we're sitting in a small coffee shop uh, breakfast table, and Arati was talking about how the fact one day we will have 50 people, you know, doing lakhs and lakhs of business, <laughs> and the first thing I look at is my glass of water. And I picked that up and I take a sniff. I said, is this vodka, gin, or is it water, <laughs> right? And then I take a sip and I said, wow, it's water. So no one here is obviously on any banned substance or, you know, any of that. And um, lo and behold, today, fast forward, you know, 11, 12 years, 1,200, you know, members in Gurgaon uh, heading towards 1,400 odd. You know, we're also looking at Fridabad coming up. I mean, BNI is now an institution. Did you ever think way back then that any of this would happen? Frankly, no, I didn't. I would have loved it to happen, but would probably at that point, it would have been a pipe dream. Yeah. But as we... You know, just like everything, it starts small yeah. and then the momentum builds up. And when we actually became members, if you remember, we, we were, what, 1,500 members in all of India. Correct. Right? Correct. Today, there are 47,000 members in yeah. India. Yeah. Look at that growth. Crazy. And look at the kind of business that's being done. I think uh, what really works for BNI is the fact that we all feel very good when we can help somebody. Right. And that's, I think, part of human nature. Yeah. And initially, we all joined mm. for business. Mm. We all joined for our business. Yeah. And then we realized that that joy didn't come from our business. It actually came when we gave it to right. somebody else, right. when we helped somebody else. So I think that that is the philosophy which drives BNI, give us gain, right? right. And that's what's really working for all of us. So true, so true. Couldn't agree more. What was the turning point for you where you said, okay, now this is like, you know, the tipping point? Where you said, okay, from now on, it's it's up, up and away. Because there were challenges earlier on, yeah. you know, at a chapter level, you know, at a regional level. Mm -hmm. um, but what was that tipping point where you said, okay, now we're on our way? I think when we crossed the 500 member mark. Mm -hmm. Because that's mm -hmm. when you suddenly realize the power that's there in the room. Right. Right? And you realize how 
wide a network we already are. And right. then it just grows, it's exponential, it just keeps growing. People help each other, they yeah. see each other, they take it forward, they talk about it. You know, somebody helps somebody. And even whether they're in the system or not, it's become a part of the way we all live now. So true. So yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Now, phenomenal organization. And if you're, of course, uh, looking to visit, you know, hit either of us up. We'd love to have you come, uh, you know, visit our chapters. But for a second, let's move away from BNI and let's talk about, uh, you know, learning and development. And you're someone who is so passionate about learning. Um, I want to hear about some of your, you know, mentors and some of the people who you really look up to in the space and why. So I love to read. That's been one of the things which has always driven me. And from that, you know, the learnings keep growing. Right. And now, of course, there's Audible and there's podcasts and right. there's, and of course, you know, that's one thing that happened in the online world. You have access to workshops that you never did before. So true. But even, even, you know, I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinai. Mm. And there was, you could not get yeah. his, get to be part of his workshops right. unless you were physically there. Yeah. But now they're all online. Yeah. So things like that, you know, that's, I love to just keep challenging myself. Right. Um, so one of the things I do is every, at the beginning of every year, I make a learning goal. Lovely. And that means learning one new skill that year. Fantastic. And uh, so then I sign up for those and I make sure that they're done. Right. And I used, if I may say, so I used the pandemic very well mm. at that time mm. to do a lot of learning. Yeah. And, uh, it does make a huge difference right. to, I think, our own mindsets. So true. And, you know, being in that space of learning yeah. always opens you up. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So what's the 2023 learning goal looking like? Who are you looking to be following or getting ah, trained that's, in? I'll give you that answer after two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We still have some time to plan that out. Yeah, so true. And I think, it's, I think that's one place where entrepreneurs just fail to plan. And that's on the learning space. And it's also something that's taken for granted by too many. And um, I think one of the things that really changed for me when I came into the, you know, the, the inner circle or the proximity to you know, Rakesh and yourself is that I just saw the you know, difference it was making to your lives and how much you would be a proponent of you know, doing some of these things. So I think that's, that truly is, I think, one piece of advice to everyone who's listening in that you have to schedule in yes. money, time, and inclination towards you know learning. You have to take that time out. It's not something that's just going to happen. Um, it's something that needs a little bit of focused effort. So when you're planning out your 2023 or 2024, whichever year it is, whenever you listen to this one, just know that when you do your planning of your goals, schedule in some time for learning. I think you'll you'll do well then. That was a big Absolutely. big insight. Yeah. Absolutely. So coming back to the world of you know training and and you know coaching and mentoring, because of course you've been a part of the industry as well. Do you think we're ever going back? To the way things were before the pandemic or is it always now going to be like this you know hybrid system where you don't really have to show up in person and online will always play a role where do you see the line the the line you know being drawn between what it was and, and where it's headed now you know nothing can actually take the space of you know the the in-person face-to-face connection that we have right i think as uh, you know as the human race as who we are we need that connection. That's absolutely critical. But on the other hand, the space now has widened, right? And it allows us to maybe even connect with people which we could not do so earlier, of course. right? We, we were sort of more in a bubble earlier. 
suddenly the world is available for us. Mm. And I think we need to actually find a way to use both right. to our advantage. Yeah. But nothing can actually take the place of that right. actual physical you know, connection that people can have. And being there face to face with each other, nothing can do that. Right. But yet, I will not say that the online doesn't work. I think the online has some amazing stuff available of for course, us. Of course. Yeah. And you see technology involving like the metaverse and Oculus headsets and you know everyone having an experience where they're actually, you know, well, they're online on an on a Oculus headset in the metaverse, but it almost looks like it there. Do you think that's a possibility in the future? Oh, yes. Yeah. It is definitely yeah. a possibility in the future. Right. Right. But the, given the personal choice, I'm still old-fashioned. I'm still from the old school. I'd say let's stick to being there in person. <laughs> so that's always there. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I want to talk about another thing that you're very proficient in. In fact, you were probably one of the first, and you know, which is why, again, I followed you into that space. And that's the world of disk assessments. So as psychometric assessments, really one of those stand out. And I mean, I've always been a sales guy and you know, sales coach and trainer. But when disk and sales were married together, it just took everything to the next level. Yes. Talk us through disk and what attracted you to disk in the first place. All right. So, um, well, I, I did my, uh, you know, uh, well, psychometric assessments is something which is part of what I used to do, right. the you know the work, the behavioral organizational consultancy. So, psychometric tools is something we've been used to using for a lot of things. Right. However, I found that you know we were relating a lot to DISC and uh, in BNI they would talk about you know how certain profiles would work better with certain things, and I started hearing a lot about DISC and. Uh, Every time I'd ask somebody the question, what does it mean? So I took the test, I did right. all those things, and right. I tried to assess it for myself. And I, it was very confusing. And I kept asking people, can somebody help me with this? And right. then I said, well, why don't I help myself? Yeah. So one of my learning yeah. goals yeah. went in for uh, you know, the DISC assessments. Awesome. I took the, the uh, course, went through the whole course, yeah. and it was an eye-opener. So true. Because once, and you've done the disc, yep. so you know all about it. When Correct. I say it's an eye-opener, when Correct. you really see how you can use it right. and you know the, how it can help you with connecting with people right. and how it can help you with understanding them and what they need to be, you know, how they need you to talk to them and what they need to hear, right. suddenly things change. Yeah. And I find the disc as a very powerful tool, especially when you take it along with the actual demonstrable behaviors that you're seeing around you right. and it's great for teams mm. it's great for teams because then you're putting the right kind of people together so, true. so that you have a complete team right. you don't have you know people everybody trying to do the same thing yeah. and i think in the sales space right. uh, disc is a very very powerful right. tool so i think that's definitely i would recommend that people take that assessment I mean, it's, it's actually called an assessment, but right. it's at your preference, yep, yep. your communication style yep. preference. Right. And that's what can make a huge difference. Once you understand yourself, right. you actually understand others better. So true, so true. Yeah. No, I think it's fantastic. And again, like you mentioned, the, it's an integral part of, you know, even the process when you're consulting with organizations, but you also spoke about teams. And you use it a lot, you know, when it comes to even building your own teams and seeing who kind of fits in there and how they're all going to work together. So I think from that perspective, it's great. Talking about teams, do you think 
you as an organization at you know, Be Now Inspired would have achieved even a fraction of what you have if it hadn't been for teams. And while I know what the answer is going to be, I also want to have your advice to businesses, especially in the small and medium space, mm-hmm. who are not expanding quickly enough, who are not realizing the importance of teams and thinking, we can do it ourselves. What would your advice be here? You can't go anywhere without your team. You yeah. need to have a great team. Yeah. And that team can make the difference between whether how successful you are and how you know unsuccessful you are. Right. So getting the right people on the bus, and that goes back to what Jim Collins said in Good right. to Great. You right. need to get the right people on. Yeah. But you also need to know when to ask them to step down. Right. You know, and that is the toughest thing possible. Because while it's great, you get people on, they, they, you think at that time that's exactly who you need. They fit in very well, but maybe they don't have the same mindset as you. Maybe right. they don't think the same way as you do. At some point, you realize that there's maybe friction happening. Yeah. And you need to part ways. It's better to part ways than mm. to drag it out. Yeah. Because, you yeah. know, it's if a team is going to be well bonded and working together, only then are you going to achieve that goal that you want, right? And of course, the toughest thing to do is to, you know, step somebody out of your team. But sometimes it's the most important thing you need to do, especially as an entrepreneur, because you can't have very huge teams. You'll have a limited team, right? So you've got to make sure every member in that team is actually a performing member. I love that. And especially when you say from the perspective of, you know, it's important on, oh yes, when to bring people on, but also when to let people go. Because in our world today, I think what is happening is we have what is called the the sunk cost fallacy. Okay, so much time has been invested, so much money has been invested, so much energy has been invested. And I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about relationships. You know, I'm talking about, you know, businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm talking about investments where people even in the stock market won't cut a loss because they're saying, let's you know, wait a little bit more. So I think it's amazing how you mentioned that there are times to bring on, but there are also times to let go. Let. And I think a lot of people don't really think about that one. I think letting go is one of the most difficult things in yeah. your personal space yeah. and in your business space. Yeah. And in any space, actually. You know, letting go is one of the biggest learnings that we all need to do. Right. And when we reach that point that we can let go something Right. or someone in a nice way, I think we've actually achieved a lot in life. Love that. And when you come into organizations and you're actually guiding them on letting go, do you feel a lot of um, resistance to that? It's, of course, because nobody likes to let go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Nobody yeah. Lets, likes, as you said, we, we feel that we put in so much time, investment, etc. And there are relationships. But the important thing to realize is when you actually let go of somebody like this, or you part ways like this, it does not have to be in a bad way. It can be amicable. You do it nicely. Because your relationships will continue. You'll probably meet again at some other point. Of course. course. But right now, if it carries on, sometimes it becomes really toxic. Mm. and then it's really difficult. Right. So right. it's better to let go at the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that sometimes happens with us as parents also. We have to know when to let go of our children. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and while we're talking about, you know, team building and all of that, you have a lot of businesses, 
mm -hmm. especially in the small and medium enterprise space. Right. Uh, you know, where um, they find it really hard to attract people. And they're like, oh, but you know, we'll never be able to pay as much as the big boys. Um, it's not only about money, right? What, what could business owners do differently to bring on the right people on the bus? I think a lot of it is how the message of what they want to achieve, right? Going back to, again, Simon Sinek and the why. Yeah. Why do I do what I do? Right. Why should you be on my team? Yeah. What can we achieve together from us being here? Right. So I think it's more about showing that vision. And once you can show that vision, if you truly believe yeah. in what you do, right. you are going to attract the right people. Mm. But if you're just getting them on just because you have to tick off a box or right. you just need to have somebody there, right. uh, then it's not going to work. So I think it's a matter of sharing your dream and right. your message to the person you're getting on the team. Right. Right. So that they believe in it as much as you believe in it. Right. And also the part that they'll play in the bigger picture Absolutely. in the long term. Because, yeah, I mean, one day we're all going to be gone. And if you know our businesses and, and what we do is our legacy, uh, can they actually be people who will carry the legacy forward? Absolutely. Right. It doesn't... All businesses don't have to be, you know, sort of hereditary going from staying within the family. Right. They can actually go on to somebody else right. if the person believes in it mm. strongly enough. Yeah. One thing that's always amazed me about you is your memory. And it's amazing how you would meet someone and then, of course, you know, you'd always know who they are. You would know their wives' names, their parents' names, their children's names. I mean, even the schools they went to, their age. How is that humanly possible? Because... Your interaction on a day-to-day -day basis is with hundreds, on a weekly basis with thousands, and on a monthly basis, like tens of thousands. But yet, what is Aarti Kocho's secret? I think that's what everyone here wants to know. <laughs> okay, there's no secret behind the secret. I think it's all about uh, building up the skill. One, when you truly care for others, right. they, they realize it. Yeah. So when you meet them, yeah. you have to let them know that. Mm -hmm. And yes, I do make an extra effort to come to know people, to understand who they are, know who their families are. And the skill of the memory, I've actually built it up. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of puzzles. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of memory games. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of skill games. In nice. fact, just taking you back a year, back when we, uh, the second wave of COVID, right. had COVID, had terrible mind fog. And mm -hmm. I remember I used to keep mm -hmm. telling you, I've got mind fog. In my, and you one day told me, stop saying that. <laughs> and actually, after that, I said, okay, this is it. I'm not going to let this change who I am. Right. And I went back into, I seriously spent a certain number of hours every day wow. doing puzzles. Okay. Whether they're jigsaws, that's mm -hmm. one of my favorite mm -hmm. things, by mm -hmm. the way. So jigsaws, Sudoku, another huge favorite for right. me. Right. Any word games, and frankly, I know some of you are going to laugh at this, I love my Candy Crush too. Uh -huh. So yeah, so any game mm. which involves you to think, yeah. uh, involves you to find patterns, right. involves right. you to in you know just just keeping your mind fresh. Yeah, yeah. do it. Yeah, and that's what's going to make the difference in your memory. Mm. Super. Yeah, now that you mention it, I'm just thinking like even back to my dad, you know, he's always playing his bridge. He's always doing his bridge puzzles. Exactly. And he's like, the day I stop, I lose my edge. 
Absolutely. So, yeah, thank you for sharing. And uh, yes, I think I'm going to make a note myself to start spending some time on some of those uh, apps as well. Because today technology makes it Absolutely. so easy as well, right? Yeah. And uh, of course, and Jigsaw I, is great too. I've got this huge pile of Sudoku books, which now I don't have to do. Now I can play, do it online. Right. I mean, you know, with the, with the apps, it right. makes it simpler. Otherwise, yeah. you, I used to run through those books very fast. <laughs> yeah, wow. You know, and you spoke about the pandemic and you spoke about the after effects. And of course, you know, there's been you know, physical ones, you know, um, but there's also been, you know, psychological ones. Um, perhaps no one has struggled as much as small businesses. I mean, the large guys are crushing it. We see result after result, quarter after quarter, and those companies are making more money than ever before. You know, a lot of these had uh, companies were incentivized, you know, by the government. Um, in India, okay, especially, there wasn't, you know, too much that came in from yeah. the government, which in hindsight is good because now we're not struggling with you know ballooning debt and yeah. and crazy inflation that's happening in the west as well but your advice to entrepreneurs who've been kind of you know smashed and bashed and kind of lost the purpose a little bit you know what should they be doing now because sooner rather than later they have to get back in action absolutely you know pandemic is over now in terms of the economic side it's mm. time for us to start focusing on what next? Yeah. How can we build it up? So two things happened. We had a lot of people who just could not keep it, keep up with it, actually step out of the game. Right. They may, they went back to maybe jobs. They went back right. into doing other things. Right. So what it actually did was clear the playing field. So the entrepreneurs who are there right now, they had that advantage, right? Right, because they are there. They are still there in the game. So that means they're yeah. adding a lot of value. Yeah. People are using their services and they can make a difference, right. Right? right? So it's time for them to literally sit down, look at their offerings, maybe become hyper-focused, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. become totally specialized, make right. sure that they are very clear about what their offering is right. and then how they're adding value to people yeah. and just focus in on that, take it forward because this, I, the way, I mean, I'm not an economist, right. I don't know about that, but right. I, the way right. it looks like it, 2023 can be a great year if you prepare for it. Of course. Right? And if you are prepared, always be prepared that there will be some other, you know, sort of thing which will happen, which can cause a disruption like 2020. Yeah. So you always have to be prepared for the disruption. Right, right. Because the world is at that <clears throat> space now where there are going to be those disruptions. Right. But if you, they sit down, they focus on what they really want to achieve, I think they can make it out. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree on that one for sure. And the other aspect, and, you know, we also see a lot of families that have dealt with, uh, you know, issues around health. Like there was a time when for the longest time, and I don't know how many years, you know, Rakesh really did go through this patch where right. it couldn't have been easy for you, couldn't have been easy for the kids, but... Talk us a little bit through that time and also how did you, you know, kind of overcome and say, okay, this is going to have a different outcome, irrespective of what you were being told by the doctors. Yeah, that, that was a tough time. That was a tough time. But I realized one thing and when I look back in hindsight, I realized one thing. You need your family around you. They will be there no matter what. And that's one of the biggest things we had in our favor. We had an amazing family support. And the way everybody rallied around and supported us, it made awesome. a huge difference. Mm -hmm. But there was one more thing, Gaurav. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and we hesitate to ask for help. Right. And at that point, I didn't hesitate to ask for help. Yeah. We didn't have uh, WhatsApp. We didn't have all these social medias. Right. We didn't have all this stuff at that right. time because we're talking 15 to 18 years back. Yeah. And what I would do is there, there were times when, you know, I needed blood donors, mm -hmm. I needed platelet donors, mm -hmm. I needed help. And, uh, you know, how many times can you ask your whole family to Correct. come up and give blood and they can't because right. you have to have a certain gap. Correct. And I would just print out a message and put it on my condominium board. Wow. Total strangers, mm -hmm. total strangers mm -hmm. used to call me and say, we are there, tell us when to come. Wow. Some of them took it into their company intranets. And I didn't know the people who were coming. There would just be a line of people at the hospital to give blood. And the doctors would ask me, where are they coming from? Yeah. And I'd say, I don't know. But I know there's a lot of goodness in the world. Correct. And that's one of the things, it shaped me. It shaped all of us. Because it told us that no matter how difficult the times are, there are people who are there to help you. And that's where my whole mindset came, I have to give, give back, back to people, mm. right? Because there was total strangers who were ready to come forward and help me. Now it's my time to help them. There's difficult times. There were times when I literally used to look at my bank balance and say, okay, how am I going to pay the next bill? Right. Right? Right. Um, out of those, there were four years out of which I'd say three and a half, well, almost, yeah, three and a half years out of those four years, we lived in the hospital, right? It was a tough time. But it built the kids. They became very, very focused on what they wanted. They also became very caring, right? Because they knew that they have to be sensitive. And the love you see in the family, nobody else can replace it. So that's when you know how important the family is to you, right? Uh, there were times when I used to Yes, feel that, you know, it's, it's too difficult. It's too difficult. I can't do this. But then there was always that voice at the back of the head saying, yes, you can do it. No matter what, you can do it. I became literally a trained uh, a caregiver. Of course. Learning how to give injections to doing everything yeah. because that's part of the treatment. Yeah. We had to go through the U.S. for Rakesh's treatment. Correct. And they teach you. And the biggest learning that came for me was when we walked into the hospital and we were very gloomy, we were worried, we were stressed because we were going for a you know, stem cell transplant. And uh, we walked into this, the Little Rock uh, University of Arkansas hospital and the nurse looked at us and she said, please step out again, so out of the door. So I said, what happened? She says, I want you to come in with the biggest smile on your face. And I said, how can I smile mm. at this time? Mm. She says, you have to come in with that smile on your face because that's going to determine how you walk out of here. And literally, that changed my thought process. Mm. There were people in that space. In, we were all, you know, we were staying in one of these places which is meant for patients outside the hospital grounds, and um, the support we gave each other. Yeah. I made friends who I'd probably never thought of, right. could ever meet. We stayed in touch for years. 
it was absolutely beautiful how we would help each other out. We'd make food for each other We'd, because everybody Lovely. was going through the treatments, different yeah. phases of the treatments. Yeah. But more importantly, nobody in that hospital ever let you feel that you were going through a difficult thing. They said, you'll make it out of here. We had volunteers who used to come in. And I had this lady, <laughs> the first time she came in, I was like a bit, I was like a bit shocked. She was 80 plus and she comes driving in on a car. She says, come on, let's go shopping. We'll do this, we'll do that. Mm. And I'm looking at her. She, her family had been through this and she knew what it felt like for somebody who's come from a strange country, uh, from another country to be in a strange place, right. to go through all this all yeah. alone. Yeah. And every day she would call me, she was a volunteer. Wow. And every day she would call me and ask me how she could help me. Amazing. Right? So when we came back to India, and I would have people come up to me with these long faces, you know, like, I'd say, look, life has just started. It's not yet over. Correct. We're going to make our way out of this. Yeah. If you can't come and meet me with a smile on your face, mm. don't come to meet me. Yeah. Right? Because we are going to make it out of here. Right. And I said, we will do our best to live in full dignity and make it out of this. Yeah. God was kind. Indeed. And we had the blessings of everybody on us. I think all the family, we did make it out of there. Yeah, yeah. And that's good. We are yeah. still good. Awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping, you know, it continues in that way. Because truly, we've had Rakesh on the podcast as well. And he did say, he says, the turning point for me was when Aarti walked in one day and said, you are not giving up. Right? We're going to see our kids married. We're going to see, you know, us as grandparents, and we're going to see us going for a long, long time. So I don't know about you, but I'm not giving up, and I hope you aren't as well. And he's like, that day, he said, just flipped. And he had a very, very serious condition, right? Yeah. And most people, you know, wouldn't have, you know, had that attitude at that time. But you know, he is my hero. Yeah. He never gave up in terms of no matter how much pain he was in, how much, you know, it was some of the stuff was horrific, mm. but he always found a way to make a joke. Yeah. Of course, you know, his jokes drive me crazy. You've all seen that. <laughs> but he mm. would find a way to make a joke. Mm. And the doctors would come to our room. Mm. No matter how sick he was, they'd come to our room. We need cheering up, Rakesh. Cheer us up. Mm. And I'd say, you know what? <laughs> you should be cheering him up. Right. He said, no, he, he always had that sort of life in him. And he didn't. He said, I'm not going to give up. Happy news, you're going soon for our son's marriage. Oh, lovely, congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And, and wishing um, you know, the family all the best. And like I said, that's one milestone, and then the grandkids have to come next. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so super. And like I said, you kind of do inspire. And I think, you know, in a world where a lot of people play the victim card, where they, and you guys had everything going for you, right? He was, you know, this the top echelon of, you know, one of the largest companies in the world, and, and life was good. And one day you get dealt a hand where, it just all comes collapsing like a house of cards. Absolutely. But never once did, you know, you guys play the victim card and, you know, say, what did I do to deserve this, right? And that's never but happened. Those, those thoughts do go through people's heads. Mm -hmm. But at the end of it, it's in your hands. You know, as yeah. they say, these are the cards you're dealt with. You can, you're the poker player, you know, mm -hmm. you can win no matter what the hands, yeah. you know, what the cards are in your hand, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to make, you've got to play that hand. Right. Yeah. Definitely, I mean, stay in the game, play the hand, because yeah, sometimes things you know will happen against the well, you know, way things should be. But eventually, if you're in the game, that's the only way you're gonna actually end up yeah. coming back and winning. 
So concluding a few questions, I know we've had like a, you know, like a super 40, 45 minutes and really appreciate you taking out your time here. We have a lot of people right now who just aren't sure on what should be the next step. You know, they're in a place where they've kind of been beaten down on various counts. I'm not mm -hmm. saying it's a pandemic or anything. It could be financially, it could be otherwise. Then a space, because a lot of our listeners, you know, are inspired by our guests who've been coming on, you know, insights have been, you know, great. But in conclusion, what would be your top three pieces of advice for people who are just kind of feeling a little lost right now? Okay, so I, I just say don't give up. Mm -hmm. Take time to assess what's happening around you. See where you are. But you've got to start actually looking at life with that positive mindset. Yeah. Right? That a positive mindset doesn't mean that you ignore things. It just means that you feel that you can find a way around it. Mm -hmm. There is always a way around it. You just have to find it. You know, there's one of these, there's a poem which I love. It's by Erin Hansen and it's very, very simple. It says, you know, the, the final words of it are, what if I fail? Mm -hmm. It says, but what if, but my darling, what if you fly, nice. right? Yeah. So there is always, yeah. always that choice. Yeah. You have to make that choice. Do you want to just give up or do you want to keep flying? Awesome. I'm one of those people who believe you have to keep flying. Awesome, yeah, yeah, lovely. Brilliant, um, like I said, I've really enjoyed this conversation and thank you, you know, for being here. I think the next pod has to be now since we've had Rakesh and we've had you individually. I think there has to be like a, a joint one and that should be an interesting one that uh, would be as well. An interesting one because you know how we are. <laughs> we probably get onto a fight in the middle of your podcast. I know that should make some interesting news. So BNI Gurgaon, let me know and Fridabad. Let me know if you want Arti and Rakesh, you know, together on a panel and we shall see how that one plays out uh, as well. Arti, thank you so very much. Appreciate you doing this. Thank you so and much. Keep brother. inspiring. Um, you know, truly, I think one of the people who have had the most impact on me in the last 11 years have been Rakesh and yourself, uh, maybe along with Grant Cardone to a little extent. But, <laughs> Thank uh, <laughs> you for putting me in that space. <laughs> but it is the truth. And, you know, I mean, like I said, when I'd come in, if I, I was always the shy, you know, introverted backbencher. And there's something that I think all of you saw in me and said, OK, time to, you know, push him out of his comfort zone. And I think that changed everything. You know, a lot of it, while it might be somebody's pushing you from the back, unless you want to do it, nobody, you can, actually that can't happen, right? So I, I would like to congratulate you on Thank all you. what you have achieved, because Thank you are an inspiration to me for sure. Because oh. every time I see, oh my God, okay, God is doing this, wow. So it means that, you know, we are all are sort of inspiring each other to yeah. go to the next step. Yeah. And I think, that's one of the powers of being in a group which has that mindset yeah. of being able to achieve things. Yeah. And that's what we have here. So true. And that's our network. Yeah. And that's the network which is going to make the difference to all of us. Agree, 100%. Lovely. And on that note, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we end another amazing episode. Thank you so much, Aarti. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Right.